0: You are listening to Overcomer's Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. I never thought about ministering this before ever, and until last night, and the Lord just really laid this on my heart to talk to us about times and seasons. And it's really, really imperative that we understand times and seasons and we know properly how to discern the times and seasons, because I, I see some people and I think, I don't think they know what's really going on in the world, and so um, I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be a discerning person, and I want to understand the time that we're in. I'm going to read a few things to you, and then I'm going to uh, make, some, make some great points, some wisdom that God's given me concerning this And again, I never thought about ministering this, and God said, I want you to do it. And I said, yes, sir. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's back probably where your pages are stuck together. So it's Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, or Ecclesiastes, as some might say. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Everybody knows this, but I want to read it, or you've at least heard it. Everybody in here has at least heard this. But I want to read it just for reference sake and to put things into perspective. And I believe the Lord's going to help us to have proper understanding of the times and the seasons that we're in. And you know, it's interesting that in heaven, as far as everything I can tell, that heaven is uh, is not within the realm of time, but the earth is very much in the realm of time. You can see from the book of Genesis, at the very beginning, God created time. time, He did excuse me, everything within a certain number of days. He did it in a certain way. And so he has a timetable that he has things uh, to be accomplished during our time here on the earth. And so if we don't properly discern the time that we're in, then we won't uh, apply ourselves the way that we need to because we don't understand the time or the season. In verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 3, it says, "...to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven." A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep. And a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And so this verse is just, you know, this is just some uh, wisdom uh, being exuded here to help people understand that the earth goes through and people go through different times and seasons. And it's important to understand the season that the earth is in. It's important to understand the season that the church is in universally. It's important to understand the season of our church. It's important to understand the season of your family and even your own life. Because a lot of times we'll lump things together and we'll hear even prophetic voices and prophets saying, this is the word of the Lord, and it can be an accurate word, but it may not be for you right now because God's got you in a different season or you're just in a different season. One thing that's worth noting is that just because You're in the time of something doesn't mean that God wanted you to go through that thing. And that's difficult sometimes for people to separate out and and understand. We have to keep to a place in the cornerstone of our faith and believing that God is good. So when bad things are happening or losses happening, you know, He takes no pleasure in evil or calamity or death or things like that coming to us. Nevertheless, it is the cycle of life that those things happen. You know, my mom died. Uh, way too young. I think she was 63 or 4, Katie, something like that. I forget her exact age, somewhere around there. That was way too young. Nevertheless, there was a time when she died. There was a time when she passed. And so there are things that happen. There are cycles of life. And if we don't understand the season that we're in, we're going to find ourselves doing things that are inappropriate, or not congruent with the season we're in that will bring frustration that will bring uh, aggravation and that will bring the wrong results in our life. so if it's time to reap, we should not be planting and if it's time to, to plant we shouldn't be looking for a harvest we should be planting amen so times and seasons are extremely important um, I would just want to read a few things I'm going to go back into really ministering on times and seasons and some things to share about it um, but there are things concerning past, present, and future that are really important for us to look at to make sure that, that we look, look at past, present, and future uh, properly. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people are living in the past in a negative sense, and they're also living in the future in a negative sense, and often they're living in the, the now the current, the present, in a negative sense. And I just want to set some things in terms of perspective that I believe will really help us. Regret, this is talking about past, is believing God cannot compensate for our past mistakes. Regret is believing God cannot or will not compensate for our past mistakes. But if we know he makes all things work together, it's impossible to live in regret. I mean, if you really know it, you really know it, it's impossible for you to live in regret because you know that God can take whatever thing is in your past and work it. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together, the good and the bad. Everybody look at me real quick. The good and the bad. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. So he takes the good and the bad. It doesn't matter what your past is literally at this moment right now, it does not matter what your past is. The past is past. It's gone. Is the reason why it's called the past because it's past. (laughs) Amen. And you can't go back and do anything about it. And a lot of people really need to hear this. You need to stop living in the past because if you're living in the past, now it's good to remember what God did in the past and cause us to have faith for now and in the future, but you can't go and live in the past and look at the negative things that happen, how things didn't work out, how they didn't turn out, and expect to have faith for now and for the future. Regret has to be, there has to be cord cut with regret. I believe that's a word for some of you. That's a a word for some of you watching online. You need to cut the cord of regret because, again, you cannot go back and, and, and change it. And so living in regret, again, is believing God cannot or will not compensate for our past mistakes. But he's the great compensator. Worry is believing God isn't big enough to provide for our future. So now we're looking at future tense. Worry, when we worry, like what's going to happen? Like, does anybody have any thoughts about what's going to happen with the stock market and the housing market? And all? Just be honest. Anybody have any thoughts you wonder, like what's going to happen? Nobody? Five of us? Six? Come on. Everybody raise your hand. You're wondering what the future is going to hold. You know, you can wonder what the future is going to hold, but not be worried about it. There's a difference. It, there's, it's right to like, Lord, what's going on? It's right to hear from the Lord. It's right to have impressions from him so that we can be prepared properly. But there's a difference between that and then living in worry. But worry is essentially believing that God isn't big enough to provide for our future. Folks, it doesn't matter what happens to the stock market. It doesn't matter what happens to the housing market. It doesn't matter what happens to the job market. It doesn't matter what happens if there's there's food shortage By the way, I'll just give you my uh, opinion. I said this uh, a while ago. I'll say it again, and I might have been a little premature, but I'll say this again. I believe it's wise to have uh, some food stocked up for you and your family and for your neighbors. However much you feel, you know, we, we need to love our neighbors, right? However much you feel is right for you, I think is good, and that's not, you know, I used to hear people say, if you're really trusting God, you won't stock up on food. Okay, well then don't wear your seatbelt, don't lock your doors, don't do all kinds of things that are wise to do. It's not wrong to have some rice and beans and oats and whatever you want to do just to make sure you've got some food to be able to take care of you and yours and the people that God brings across your path. Amen. But if we're worried about the future, we're, we, are, we are believing. We are in faith, but we're in faith in a negative direction. We're believing that God is not big enough to provide for the future. Not enjoying the moment is believing that the temporary pro- problem is more powerful than the creator. The deal is, is that the creator created the solution for you before you even entered into this world and came across the problem that you came across. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha, the omega. He is all-knowing. And there's not any problem that you and I will ever face that the solution has not already been created to get us to the other side of. So not enjoying the moment is believing that the temporary problem is more powerful than the creator. Even if your problem is for the end of your life, which I don't believe hardly any problem will last all of your life. But even if it is, at least when you go on home to be with the Lord, it won't be there anymore he's got a solution. It could be death, (laughs) but he has a solution. We don't have to live in the problems forever. Amen? And here's the last thing I want to say just kind of about the past, present, and future. Not discerning, and this is going to go right into where I'm going to share for a few moments. Not discerning the times and seasons is setting yourself up for failure. Not properly discerning the time and season that you are in, that we are in, again, as a, as a country, as a church, and your home, all of that is setting yourself up for failure. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, if we can pull this verse up there, it would be great. This is a, right in the middle of a, a list of uh, some of David's people. And it says, of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. If you want to know what you ought to do in the season you're in, you need to understand the season that you're in. And that's the reason they were listed amongst these other groups of people is just for the simple sake that they understood the season, they understood the time that they were in, and they had wisdom from God to know what to do. I literally do not know what tomorrow holds. I have no idea what, or next week. I mean, I've had a lot of speculation about things that are going to happen in our world, and sometimes I'm I'm right. It seems like most of the time I'm not right. (laughs) If I have a word from God, that's a different thing. But, you know, we all do that. Like, what's what's the future look like? Like, what does this next year look like? I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what other things are going to be released in the earth. But when you read the Bible, it's interesting because you see the church growing stronger, but you also see the the world growing darker. And part of the difference between people that are really of God and people that are not of God is that they're people of faith. Now, I'm not saying if you're not in faith that you're not saved. Don't misunderstand me. But Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? That's a great question to ask. And I think the reason that's a great question to ask is because the days seem to be growing darker. But you know what's interesting? At the same time, and this is what I believe with everything in me. At the same time that the world's economy goes down, that a virus is in the world and there could be more viruses come upon. There'll be, there'll be plagues, there'll be wars, rumors of wars, all kinds of things. Who's to say that there won't be another virus that comes? We need to be prepared. At the same time that the world is going like this, the church ought to be going like This. And so when people are losing money, I don't know about you and your house, but as for me and my house, we are going to increase, increase, increase. God's hand is not too short, and it, it literally does not matter the time that we're living in in terms of us being God's children. Whether we're in the best of times or the worst of times, it does not change our position that the place that we're seated at with Him. And just like what Liz was talking when she was up here, that if if we can recognize our position in Christ, that we're seated with him in heavenly places, being seated next to God, first of all, you can hear what he says, amen? But second of all, you can see his perspective about what's going on in the earth. And if we don't understand and we don't properly discern what's going on, we could be enamored by the things that are going on in this world. I don't want us to be enamored by what's going on in this world. I'll be the first to tell you, um, well, let me just say this, back in 2008, when the stock market uh, plummeted, and that, I remember that day, it was the first 500-point drop that it, it dropped, and it just continued to drop and drop and drop. I was dealing with a lot of fear back then, and I had a business that I was running, and the, uh, the business that I had was very, very non-essential. It wasn't like food or healthcare or something. I was hanging draperies, you know? Like, if anybody's going to cut anything, it's going to be like draperies. Like, yeah, we don't need those, but we do need food on the table. So you have all of these thoughts that, that go, and, you know, I, I, we struggled financially because I struggled in my faith. Fast forward to the time of the coronavirus. I can just be the first to tell you that I didn't struggle in my faith during this whole thing because I know who my God is. I know what he's given me. I know the authority that I have, and it literally doesn't matter the time or season that we're in. If we have God on our side, which we do, and we know it, then we can freely access everything that he has, all the benefits. He daily loads us with benefits, right? Hallelujah. So we need to be a discerner of the times in the seasons, if we don't know the time of the season that we that we're in, we won't respond properly within that season. I want to give you a couple examples of this. This is amazing. Let's go to Second Samuel chapter eleven, and this is talking about David. Second Samuel chapter eleven, and let's look here at verses one and two. Now this this is amazing. Here, it's just this still uh, baffles me, but it's a great story, and I, I hopefully for David's sake that he won't have everybody come up and say, what was wrong with you, man? You committed adultery and then you covered, you know, you, you sent your, one of your best guys to the front line for him to be killed. He was so faithful. What was wrong with you, David? Praise God that David... As a king was not defined by his mistakes, he was defined by the fact that he continually repented of his mistakes. Hallelujah. So it happened in the spring of the year. And I could just hear, it happened in the spring of the year. It sounds glorious, but then like three verses later, it gets really bad. (laughs) At the time when kings go out to battle. Now, I don't fully understand all of that part, but I just know that the word says that that was the time when kings were supposed to go out to battle. That David, who, of course, was the king, sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they destroyed the people of uh, uh, Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. You know what that tells us? David didn't properly discern the time and season. Let's look at the next verse, and we're just going to read one more here. And then we'll, the, the rest, we know the story. Then it happened one evening. Now, I am of the opinion, and Liz is also of the opinion, that David, he'd already been uh, eyeing, uh, she would be shower Sheba today if, if it happened in today's time. Instead of, instead of Bathsheba, it'd be shower Sheba. More people take showers. All right. He, he'd already been eyeballing Bathsheba and had probably already committed the sin in his heart. And that's why he's like, let me wait for everybody to get out of here. And then I'm going to go do the thing that I've already committed in my heart that I'm going to do. And it says that it happened... One evening, and, and Liz said, yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that Bathsheba probably went to a place where she could be seen by the king, too. So who knows? We're, we've got some questions for her, too, one day. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. As the story goes, they committed adultery. And then David covered, had committed murder uh, to cover up. The adultery that he committed. And so here is the question. And this is what I said when I read this in the scope of times and seasons. I said, wrong place, wrong time. And the Holy Spirit corrected me. He said, no, right place, wrong time. He was in his his home. He was in his bed. That's not a wrong place to be at. But if it's the wrong time to be there, you better make sure you're in the right place that God wants you to be at that time. Because things can change, things can go on, things can happen to where we need to shift and we need to adjust and realize I got to take authority here or I need to go do this or I need to go talk to this person or I need to rearrange things. And just because you're in the right place doesn't, doesn't mean you're properly discerning the season that you're in to do the right thing in the right place that you're in. I thought that was amazing. Okay, let's look at another one here. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 41, Genesis chapter 41. And I want to talk about Joseph here for just a moment. And this, uh, this to me is an amazing story. (laughs) Joseph, who went through all of this stuff and was disowned by his brothers and was thrown into prison and came to a point to where Pharaoh had a dream In fact, he had two dreams, but the dreams mirrored each other. They were the same dream, but just different pictures, same meaning of the dream. And so Pharaoh was looking for somebody to interpret the dream. And so Joseph got called on. Joseph was able to interpret the dream, and the one dream was that there were um, five, uh, excuse me, seven healthy cows that came up out of the water, and then there were seven uh, not so healthy cows, very very unhealthy cows that came up out of the water, and the unhealthy cows swallowed the healthy cows and Pharaoh's like, "Oh my gosh, what is this dream? What does this mean? Find someone who can tell her or not. I don't know he knew it was he had a witness, and so he called on Joseph, ended up being coming in, and he gave them to save the, of the dream and of course, as the story goes, Joseph was able to save all of Egypt, and was able to help some of the uh, food stored up. And the seven cows represented this, the uh, the seven years of plenty. And then the seven uh, unhealthy cows rep- represented seven years of famine. And Joseph had the interpretation of the dream. So for seven years, they harvested and they kept back a bunch extra, so much that it's, I think it says that as the sands of the sea, they lost track of how much they had in their bins, but it was enough because the wisdom of God was on him to discern the season they were in, which was plentiful, to be able to prepare the season that was coming, which was one that was of lack. It was drought. There wasn't enough. There was a famine in the land. And because he was able to discern the time, the season that he was in and getting ready to go in, God was able to promote Joseph during that time. And as I was going back and and looking at this, And thinking about this, I remember that I had a word a few years ago that the Lord told me that this is this is a a Joseph a Joseph generation that we're part of a Joseph generation. I'm like, what in the world does that mean? And I think I thought it had something to do with dreams, things, uh, and that could have been part of it. But and I knew the Lord spoke it to me. But I believe it has to do with understanding, understanding, and knowing the times and seasons that we are in. Mark my words, church. Mark my words. There is rotten stuff that is going, yet going to come upon the earth. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can read the Bible. And what's interesting is I've had people argue with me and when I'm talking about God's going to increase the church and we're going to prosper and we're going to be in health and we're going to have these great things happen. They'll be like, read the book, man. Things get really bad. Things might get bad, but my God always delivers me. God always delivers the righteous. He always takes care of his kids. But we have to know the times and the seasons that we're in if we're going to be prepared for the days that are to come ahead. I would say this to you. Get your house in order. Get your house in order, get your finances in order, whatever that looks like for you. Get your house in order and make sure you are prepared that you are not sideswiped and even be in enough in order, again, that you're able to help other people that don't see it coming. And, you know, the thing is, is that people think just because you give warning that it's that it's doom and gloom where doom and gloom is, is when you give warning, but you give no hope. I'm giving you warning, but I'm telling you, we have tremendous hope in our God because, again, he always delivers the righteous every time. So then I had the same thing happen with Joseph. I said, oh, he was at the right place at the right time, and the Holy Spirit corrected me on that. He said, no, he was in the wrong place, but at the right time. See, David didn't understand the timing properly, and it cost him even though he was in the right place, right? I mean, really, he wasn't in the right place because he should have been out in battle, but he was in his home. How was your home ever not a right place? Are you following me? Joseph was was sold into, uh, right, sold into slavery, right? Or whatever. He was dumped in a pit and ended up in slavery and whatever, all that stuff. Ended up in prison. That's not the right place for God's people. He takes uh, pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Joseph was his servant. He He got into a mess, but because he understood the times and seasons, God was able to elevate him to the second highest place in all of the land. And quite frankly, even though he was number two to Pharaoh, he was the one calling the shots. Because when people came in, that were like, we need, we need food, and the Israelites started to come in in particular, and even Joseph's family came in and said, you know, we, we need food. They said, go and talk to Joseph. He's the one that knows what to do. Not only will God cause you to be sustained, he will elevate you and give you the influence that you need. We carry the wisdom of God for this season, for every season that we're in. Your job place, your, 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 your school place, wherever it is that you work, in any form of government, in any position that you're in, in any people or you are around, you and I, we have the wisdom of God for every single situation. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, that's a good word. We just simply need to know the time and the season that we're in and what's going on. And look at this in Genesis chapter forty-one, in verses fifty-one and fifty-two. I love this. So if we can pull this up on the screen here, we've got it. It says Joseph called the name of the firstborn. So uh, Joseph and you know got married, and then he had two uh, two children. It says Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, and he named uh, it was a girl, right? I think it was a girl. Let's go with a girl. So Joseph named her Manasseh. It sounds like a girl named to me, but anyways. So for God has, sorry if anyone's named Manasseh and you're a guy, I apologize. It says, for God, this is why he named her Manasseh. For God made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Listen, listen. If you know the times and seasons, God can take your past and he can't erase it, but he, he can erase the effects of your past from your life. Go to the next verse. I love it. Verse 53. Oh, verse 52. Here we go. In the name of the second he called Ephraim, and listen to this. I love this. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Anybody in here ever experienced any affliction? Listen, God is going to cause us to be fruitful in the land of our affliction. We just need to know what to do when we're in that time, in that place, in that season. God will cause us to rise up. God will increase us. The reason we increase, the reason it says that, that God brings the increase, some people plant, some people water, but God is the one that brings the increase is because we don't have the ability to bring the increase, especially when it's in a, a place of famine. And there, there is more stuff coming on the earth. I know I've said this, but I'm saying it again. There's more stuff coming on the earth, things that I don't, I don't even know, and I don't know what they are, But it doesn't matter what it is. God has already seen what's going to happen, and he has already planned the provision there for us regardless of what's going on. And we got to keep that at the forefront of our mind. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Turn off uh, the Communist News Network. Turn off Meet the Depressed. Turn off phone News. And I'm just calling them out for what they are. Even Fox News doesn't report the truth on stuff. This whole Southwest Airlines thing, Katie... And Dale and Marianne, they're not in here. They, oh, I thank God. We were going to change our uh, our flight, and we didn't because we had to get up so early. Last week, coming back from Colorado, and we had to leave the house at 1 a.m. where we were staying to get to the airport, where our flight left at 5.30. And we're like, oh, so we just basically stayed up all night. Well, Liz slept with one of the kids, and I went to go to bed, and there was no room, so I slept in a chair, but we won't go there right now. So, <laughs> but I kind of did. did. But... Uh, So we were going to change our flights, and we're like, you know what? We're just going to push through. We'll get home, and we'll take a rest, I'm glad we did because they got, on the way to the airport, they got a a notification that their flights had been canceled. So the person they were riding with, right, is this correct, picked up the phone and said, oh, I know someone in the airlines industry, called them, and they said, don't you believe anything different that's told you this is about the Southwest Airlines pilot walking out because they refused to get the jab. And you know what? You go and turn on the news and you listen. I mean, they're just talking confusion. They're like, well, we don't really know what happened. It's like, bull butter. You know exactly what happened. You know exactly what was going on. You cannot listen to the things that are going on. And when I heard, when I heard that, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, I said, when I grow up, I want to be a Southwest Airlines pilot. Because I was like, yeah. Joseph Z. talks about micro, uh, micro wins that are coming. That was a micro win. That's something that God is, is stirring people's hearts. But here's the, here's the deal. Here's the thing with all of this and the point that I want to get to this morning is that I want you to hear this with fear and trembling because the church does not know the season that it's in. The church is laying down as a whole, and I'm preaching to the choir. Most of you guys are red hot, on fire, you'll stand up, you're vocal, and it's not about the, the, the vaccine or not, it's not about that, but it's about standing up for what is right we're called to stand up. Moses stood up. David stood up. Paul stood up. Jesus stood up. But yet Christians as a whole, they're just like, well, we just, you know, whatever. You just render under Caesars. What is Caesars? That is not even what Jesus was talking about. Whatever. So there, it's right for us to stand up against tyrannical, nasty stuff, trying to squelch the church, trying to squelch truth and trying to keep us at the level that God didn't intend for us to be at, we need to stand up against those things. We do it in a right spirit, but we, have to, we need to properly discern the time that we're in. And, you know, Liz and I talked about this yesterday on our, on our Facebook Live, and we talked about uh, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 where it says, uh, this is what the Lord has required of, of us, is to uh, seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. You know that that is talking about discerning times and seasons? Walking in humility is something we're always supposed to do. But you know that there is a time... When we just need to be like, mercy, 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 mercy. But actually the church for a long time should have been standing in this place of justice and it's had no backbone. But I'm telling you now, there are leaders and there are people rising up with a godly backbone, with the right spirit, and we are going to see this thing turned around. I'm telling you, we're going to see it turned around. And I'm with uh, I'm with Joseph Z. He talks about the Lord says in, concerning America that we've got one more round in us, and I don't believe that it means four more years. I think it probably means forty more years. I think it means a good stretch for America to do what she was called to do, which is to preach the gospel into all the world. This nation has won more people to Jesus than any nation that's been in existence since the time of Jesus. Prosperity is on our country. The gospel is in our hands. We are we have been. as a Christian nation, we have a mandate on us to fulfill, listen to this, liberty and justice for all. I read this book. I'm going to recommend it to you, although I don't agree with one part of it. I'm going to recommend it to you anyways because it's really good. It's called The Coming Revolution slash Civil War, and it's by Rick Joyner. There was one thing in there that I thought, no, no, I don't agree with that, but Basically, it was all good, so if you find any sticks, you could just spit them out. The premise of the book was so spot on that it just totally like, breathed new, fresh life into me concerning what God's doing. This country has a mandate from God for liberty and justice for all. That's why our country was founded. But do you know that whenever the, the Declaration of, of Independence was formed for 100 years, slavery was still legal? Why? Was that liberty and justice for all? No, it wasn't. So for 100 years, and I, I, I would like to be able to, when I see the founding fathers, be like, what is, why didn't you eliminate that? I don't know. I don't understand all the details. I've heard different things. I've read some different things. But for 100 years, basically, roughly 100 years, slavery was still intact until the time of the Civil War. And so, uh, I got my, my dates right? Yes, roughly around there, 1776 to 1865-ish, somewhere around there. So uh, 100 years or or a little bit less. So then after that, they were uh, slavery. After the Emancipation Proclamation, slavery became illegal, but it was still quite a few years before a lot of those slaves were, were fully released for a lot of different reasons. Then for still yet another 100 years or 90 years, the country lived with those slaves, and I believe even in some of the languages that they were considered like two-thirds of a man. Has anybody anybody heard that, that black people were considered that? And so for another 90 years or whatever, they couldn't vote. They couldn't sit at the front of the bus. Is that liberty and justice for all? Absolutely not. Praise God for Dr. Martin Luther King. What a man. What an amazing man. And so now, and I, I could get off, I don't have time to get off on all this, but now, I basically believe that black people are free in this country, but they're being lied to by the demon rats. And they're keeping them voting for them, and keep, keeping them handing money out to them, and suppressed. And they're, they're really they're in like financial bondage, and they need we need Candace Owens to rise up to another level. I'm I'm praying for. her. I've, I told Liz years ago. I said I'm telling you that woman's got something powerful on her. The, the the black community they need a leader like her, and so I'm I pray for I pray for her life, and I pray for her family and her voice and influence, all of that. Uh, she needs probably need to learn relaxed intensity, just like I've had to learn relaxed intensity. She's but I like her. She's She's something. So, the Civil Rights Era in the 1960s, I'm giving you a little bit of history lesson. In the 1960s was when the Civil Rights Era was, right? So, what happened in 1973? The most atrocious thing, atrocious, atrocious, all the above, against liberty and justice for all became legal to kill babies, unborn babies. And they had their scientific reasons why. You know, the scientific reason why? they voted for Roe v. Wade to be in effect and to set that precedent that ba- it was legal for babies to be uh, aborted was because they couldn't technically technically prove that there was life in the womb because they didn't have the science and things that we, we have now. Well, everybody and their brother knew that it's a baby on the inside that God created as a human, human being, right? But that was the technicality that caused things to be turned. Well, now we've got all of this proof that what's inside of a mother from the time of conception absolutely positively is a human life. We need to pray that that gets overturned, amen? It needs to be overturned, but is it somewhere around 50 to 60 million babies have been aborted since 1973, somewhere in that neighborhood? It's, it's somewhere in that neighborhood. It's unbelievable. It's astounding. Is that liberty and justice for all? No. God gave a mandate on this, com- this country that we would have liberty and justice for all, I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. And I don't know what the war looks like. I pray that it's lessened and then it's not bloody, but I'm gonna tell you what side I'm gonna be on. And here's something you need to know about the Revolutionary War and about the Civil War is that the, the uh, people that stood on the side of truth were in the minority. We're talking the Revolutionary War in, in specific was around 30 to 35% of the people were actually patriots we'll call it one-third. One-third were patriots. One-third were loyal to the king of England. And the other one-third were like, I'm out of this. I don't have anything to do with it. But you know that everybody got to enjoy the benefits of what that war produced. But the problem is, is it was just like when Samuel told Saul to go into whatever place he went into, and he said, kill everything in it. Kill all the men, the women, the children, And all of the animals and everything. He said, get rid of all of the evil that's there. What's happened is that these wars have been fought and the evil has not totally been eradicated. But I'm believing in Jesus' name that we're coming into a season. And I pray that it's not a bloody kind of war. But whatever we enter into, we are going to eradicate evil out of our political system, out of our education system, out of all of that stuff. Amen. We need to know the times and seasons that we're in, because if you don't, you're going to end up standing on the wrong side of the line. And if you're standing on the other side of the line, and I'm standing on this side of the line, and you're willing to stand with the evil people, you have now become my enemy. And I can tell you now, I got God on my side. You do not want to become my enemy, because you will lose. Best going to, you have stand with me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we're going to stand for righteousness. We're going to stand for truth. And I'm not talk, trying to talk big and bad or whatever. I'm just telling you, we have to know the time and the season that we're in. If we don't know it, listen, the church did not realize in 1973, for example, the season that it was in. It should have, it should have torn the Supreme Court apart. <laughs> I mean, it should have ripped it down. What right does anybody have to come into our land and kill babies? No right. It's evil, it's demonic, and needs to be overturned, all that kind of stuff. But I believe that there's coming a point, and here's the deal, and I'm going to stop with this. The reason I think it's coming, part of the reason, I think there's, there's timing involved and, and there's a grassroots movement of people that are sick and tired of what's going on in our country, but there's also some righteous people rising up. But what we've seen now, what we're seeing happen, and there's things happening with the police force too, saying, we're not, take, we're not taking the jab. We're not taking it. We're not doing it. It's not about that, but it's about saying no to things that are ungodly. It's about saying no to mandates and things that are not, not from the Lord. But a lot of this comes back a little bit to selfishness because people don't feel like they have to fight against abortion. And I applaud, and I know many people that have fought abortion every which way they know how for years and years and years, and I applaud them for that and agree with them and all of that. But when it comes to abortion, it doesn't affect you personally. It affects the people that decide to get it. But when you talk about a vaccine and being forced to, to be vaccinated, now it gets personal because it affects people personally, and they're willing to stand up. I think it's a, a, a little uh, too little, too late kind of thing. But if that's what it takes for people to go, no, you're not going to push me around and get to a place of going back to freedom, then that's fine. I'll, I'll fight with that. I'll take that. I'll pick the hammer up there. I'll pick the sword up there, and I'll fight with that. Amen? We need to know the times and seasons that we're in. It's, it's incredibly important. Hallelujah. Galatians 6, 9. Let me read this one last verse here. And let me make this statement. It says, Not only is there a place called there, but there is a time called when. Thank you, Liz. Not only is there a place called there, we talk about the place called there that God's called us, but there's also a time called when. Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't grow weary in well doing. What's well doing? That's the right time. You're doing good in the time that you have to do good. For in due time, you will reap. That's another time if you faint not. You might be in a time of reaping, but you might just be in a time of well-doing. You can apply this personally to your own life. You're sowing, you're, you're moving, you're doing good, you're watering, you're doing everything you know to do. And it's like, when is it going to come? That's the question of the hour. I always feel, when is this thing going to happen? When is this? God, you put this thing in my heart. When is it going to happen? Some things are just flat out within God's time. If you're sick, you're broke, you got stuff the devil's messing with you in those areas, take authority over it. That's not a God's timing issue. That's a faith issue. But there are certain things you can't microwave. You cannot force to happen. It can only happen in God's time. And that's why you just keep doing good. For in due time, you will reap if you faint not. Hallelujah. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.org.